my kids woke up so excited, so happy, you know, because <laughs> I'm in there, you know, buttoning up a few things. And, and Noble walks in. He says, can I get the ready whip and squirt it in my mouth? <laughs> my mama's here. Look at you. I have crawfish in the back of my truck. You came on the right day. How about that? Oh, goodness. So I'm ending mine with a sack of crawfish. But anyway, so nobody walks in. He says, uh, can I ready whip in my mouth? I said, yes, you may. I said, I'm so proud of you. You did awesome. I said, go ready whip your sister. I think they basically went the whole 21 days with no meats or no sweets. And that was their doing, not mine. They went through the 100 day of school. They went to Vern's, which is like going to Candyland. Uh, they, they went, they missed birthday parties. And they, they uh, I even offered to check them out of school. Sometimes they're like, they're having all these sweets tomorrow. I said, listen, I'll check you out of school. You ain't got to go. You don't have to sit there and look at it. Just come home with me. And they said, no, we'll go. And they just, they just did it. Yeah, they were giving out free, they're just all that, all that type of stuff. So it's, it's cool. So, but they're ready to eat now, baby. She's like, she woke up, they're ready whipping. He's like, can we go get croissants? And she, she got her donut holes, you know, you got to know my kids. But uh, they, I, I, I really won't, I won't eat till lunch. But uh, they, they were wearing it out this morning. So, but, but I want to talk to you about ending the fast. And, and uh, really, I don't want to even want to say the word end, because really, to me, this is not an end, it's a beginning. Today, is, is, it's, it's not an end, it's a beginning. Uh, this, is, this is a start of something, it's not something that you stop. And I think a lot of times the tragedy is fasting, is many times we catch this momentum and we get going this direction, and then we, we lose momentum. So I want to show you some, some things uh, uh, out of the Word of God about what Jesus did, how He ended His fast. I want to show you that, and then I want to give you some real practical stuff that you can do. And then I'm going to challenge you to do another 21 days. But you get to eat all the meat you want and get to eat all the sweet you want. I'm going to challenge you to read certain things, and we're going to read it every day for the next 21 days. And um, I, I want you to give God a year and see what He'll do is really my... My, my goal today is not just giving the beginning, but go ahead and giving giving the whole year. And the reason is, is most people, they, they do New Year's resolutions. But how many of y'all know we don't need a, a resolution? We need a revolution. That's really what you need. You don't need a resolution. Resolutions, you think if you change from the, the, the outside, but you don't change from the, 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 the outside in. You change from the inside out. In other words, you, you change behaviors with beliefs. So if you really want to change your behavior, you have to change your beliefs. Because a resolution just, just says, if I, if I manipulate or change everything on the outside, then it's not going to work. A revelation, or really a revolution, says, I'm going to work on the inside. And when I, I guarantee you 100%, I told you this a couple weeks ago, if you'll, if you'll focus on your spirit, man, then, then if you'll work on your beliefs, your behavior, will, will, it'll change. You won't, even, you won't have to work at it. You won't have to try as hard. If you'll work on the inside, then it'll come out on the outside. So, so we really don't need resolutions. We need revolutions. And, and I want to show you how to keep this going and the reason is the first verse I gave you there in your Bible is in or in your worship guides, First Thessalonians, uh, chapter five, uh, verse number twenty-three. And I gave you a blank there because he says, 
And may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept. Everybody say kept. In other words, God's desire is for you to keep it. Right? The desire of God is for you to maintain, not, not for you to go backwards. And I'll show you this in just a minute. God's design for you is for your spirit, your soul, and your body to be kept blameless until when? He says, well, until Jesus comes back. He says, until the coming of our Lord. And I believe we're closer than we've ever been. In fact, I know we are. <laughs> Every day we're closer than we've ever been. But, but I, I believe God wants us to keep it and keep going forward. So I want to show you uh, in, in Matthew chapter 4 how we do that. I put one more verse up there in Proverbs chapter 17. It says, an intelligent person aims at wise action. But a fool starts off. In many directions. If you've ever been around somebody with a gun. Uh, you're cognizant of where they're aiming that thing. How many ever been around somebody with a gun. And they don't know what they're doing. They're just like. What do I do here? And you're like. Well you can start by not pointing at that old lady. Right there. Saying. Let's point the barrel down. Right. So, so whenever. But, but if you're aiming. Noble. He shoots archery. My little boy. And we shoot some archery. And there's always a target there, right? There's always, there, there's something down the, down the range that we're trying to get to. And you have to position yourself and posture yourself and aim in such a way that you're moving in that direction. An intelligent person, person figures out where he wants to go and he's not going many ways, which is difficult for us. I mean, I know that's difficult for us. It's difficult for us to align our time, just our day. It's difficult, but an intelligent person figures out where he wants to go and then, and then he moves in that direction. A fool is just scatterbrained. But the beauty of fasting is it helps narrow some of that stuff down. You get real focused and think time slows. <laughs> it's like... It's, it, it, things slow down, right? And you get that way. So I, we don't want to lose that and just go back to all these directions. You are dismissed and everybody just go crazy. No, no, no. No, no. We, this is not an, not an end. It's a beginning. So I want to show you how Jesus ended his fast. Jesus spent 40 days in the desert for you. Which I meditated on that this week because I never really thought about. We always think of Jesus living and dying on the cross and what a sacrifice that is. But who would you not eat for? For 40 days. Actually I don't believe he had water for 40 days. Supernaturally no, no water and no food. Who would you not eat for for 40 days? Would you not eat for 40 days for your enemies? Jesus did it for people that would never serve him. Would never follow him and would ridicule him and persecute him. And yet he chose willingly to go into the wilderness and he didn't eat for 40 days. But I want to show you how he ended his fast. Because after 40 days. This is in Matthew chapter 4. I think there's comedy in it. It's funny to me. Verse number 2. It says after 40 days. And 40 nights. He was what? You better believe it. <laughs> it's like, don't it go without saying. Like after 40 days. It's like I'm hungry after 40 minutes. It's like. After 40 days, 40 nights, it says, and he was hungry. And he's in a weakened condition physically. Because the next part of the verse, it says, and the tempter 
Satan came to him and said, if you're the son of God, these take these stones and make them bread. I don't have time to go through the three temptations. We're, most of us are familiar with that and there's a whole message there. But the devil came and tempted him with the lust of the flesh, the lust of their eyes and the pride of life. He came and tested him with vanity and wealth and riches and all the stuff that we get tempted with. And uh, but he, what I want you to see is he came to him in a weakened condition. And the devil always comes to us in a weakened condition when we're isolated from the church or whenever we're not strong spiritually he comes to Jesus after 40 days in a weakened condition and he tempted him but Jesus was not weak in his spirit and that's where the devil made his mistake because in fasting your body may be weak but your spirit is keen Ooh, it's, as, it's close to God. He was, he was in tune and he easily dispatched the devil with all three of his very tempting temptations. It is written, it is written, it is written. Bam. And then the next part of the verse, it says, And the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Next verse. Angels came and attended him. And what that literally means is angels brought him five guys. Or whatever. Whatever. They literally brought him food. They came and fed him after 40 days. And now he, his fast ends. And I want to show you four things that he did. Through Matthew chapter 4. Immediately following his fast. The first thing that he did. Is, is, he, is it found in verse number 10. Verse number 10 and 11. I'm sorry. Is it 13? I may be messing y'all up. It says, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali. The first thing he did is, 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 he, is he didn't go back to where he was. I want you to see that. He had been living in one location, but he came out of his fast and he says, I'm leaving Nazareth and now I'm making myself a new home. He says, I'm going a new direction. And, and I believe for us, as we come out of this fast, if we follow his pattern, there's some things that you should never go back to. There's some things that you, you got free of or at least got loosed. The bonds are a lot looser than they were. And if you'll keep going down this direction that he has for you, there's certain things you should never go back to. Jesus said, I'm going a new direction. He actually moved locations. He moved his, he left his house. He left everything he left he left and he says now I'm moving and I'm going to a different place it says that he went and he lived in Capernaum the next thing it says that it is it says and then from that time on Jesus began to preach after this this is the first time Jesus starts preaching after the fast so he starts a new direction but now he's got a new purpose there was something about that fasting that clarified his purpose. And he says, I used to do that and now uh, I'm doing this. I used to live there, but now I live here. And a new purpose came out of that fasting. And I trust many of you, some of you, that you experienced that. That there was just a, a moving around, a shifting on the inside of you that, that, that shifted some of your purpose. And, it, and it, it goes right in line with what Jesus did. Immediately following the fast, he got a new home. He went a new direction. He went a new purpose. And then the next thing that it says that he did. Number three. It says as Jesus was walking. This is verse 18. I believe. Yep. It says as Jesus was 
walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake. They were fishermen. The third thing that he did is he got new relationships. He started assembling a team to help him. He started gathering or putting people, new associations around him. And uh, my, my encouragement to you is, is as you come out of this fast, that, that you need to really look hard at your associations. And I believe there's some relationships that you never go back to. There were some people that Jesus, he never went back to them until he went back to Nazareth. And at that point, he was, right, he was, he was doing some awesome stuff, right? But, but for that season of his life, he went a, a new direction. He got a new purpose. And he surrounded himself with some new relationships, new people. So I would encourage you this year as you come out of this, it's not an end, it's a beginning. If you don't know anybody in this church, you ought to get to know somebody. That this is a time for you to start connecting and looking around you and looking at the inside and not at the outside. Because your change will come from the inside and not from the outside. Many times we're looking to the outside and we're looking for people to do this or be that or whatever. But, but God wants you to look to Him. But He's devised, He's made the body of Christ in such a way that there's a supply here. And I actually shared a little bit last with you that, that, that whenever you eat at a dinner table, if it's a big dinner table, there's some things you can't reach on the other end. Somebody's got to pass the potatoes to you, right? Somebody's going to have to pass that thing to you so whenever God prepares a table before us he aligns people around us so Jesus immediately comes out of that fast new direction new purpose and he starts surrounding himself with some new relationships and then the last thing that he does it says here in Jesus verse number 23 and 24 it says Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in the synagogues preaching or proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing Every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria. And people brought to him all who, who were ill with various diseases. Those suffering from severe pain. And the demon possessed. Those having seizures and the paralyzed. And he healed them. He got some new power. Come on, you come out of this fast with some, with some new Power, you could say some new confidence. You could say a new level of faith. There was a lot of first here for Jesus. First time he ever raised somebody from the dead. First time he ever had a paralytic get up. First time he ever healed people came after his fast. First time he ever preached came after he fast. First time he ever moved and changed his home. First time he ever assembled a team or called disciples around him. A lot of firsts came after the fast. So the fast was clearly not the end. It was the beginning. The fast was the launching pad that catapulted him to a lot of firsts. So what I'm trying to get you to do is not see this as an ending. To see today as the first day. The first day of your first. And if you'll do some first. God wants, to, God wants you to have some first this year. He wants you to have a first time that you ever witnessed or talked to somebody about Jesus. The first time you ever lifted your hand in church. The first time that you ever tithed. The first time God wants, he wants you to have some first this year to catapult you into another place. But it's going to take you a year. If you ever watch 
Uh, I like to watch the, the car shows. And I'm not a car guy. I don't know a ton about cars. But I like whenever they, uh, a barn find. How many of you know what a barn find is? Just somebody got a, got a roached out car in their barn. But it's got a lot of potential. The tires are flat. The fender's got some rust in them. The transmission seized up. You know, the, the engine needs work. The interior's got cats. Uh, you know, there's things living in the interior, you know, and it's a roached out automobile. But, but they'll take that car and they bring it into the shop. And, if, and, and you know, on TV, they make it look like it, it takes 30 minutes. I mean, y'all know it don't take 30 minutes. And with commercials, it's 22 minutes and 8 minutes of commercial. How many of y'all know you're not going to take that car and put it back on the road in 22 minutes? I don't care how many people you got. And they'll do extreme home makeover, ladies. I did cars for the boys. And if you did extreme home makeover for the gals, right? And they'll, they'll have like, and they actually will. They'll put like 800 people in that house in, <laughs> in three days. But how many of y'all know if you were going to buy a home and restore it yourself, and we've done this a couple times. First house we ever bought was a 1958s old house, right? And it took us, this is not something that happens overnight, right? You got to peel some stuff back, put some new stuff up. If you're going to do a car, you got you, you to take the old wheels off and drop the transmission and pull the motor and do the body work. It's a long process in order. It's going to take you a year to get that car from a barn find to something that's got a new purpose, new direction, right? It's got a new function. It's got a new power. For you to take it from unpowerful to powerful, it's going to take more than 21 days. And I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with 21 days. I'm just not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with just saying this is the end. No, it's not. This is the beginning. When Jesus walked out of that wilderness in a weakened condition, he still whipped the devil. And some of you go through life getting whipped. And I'm telling you, the devil, uh, God's ready for you to stop getting whipped. Just stop. Stop getting whipped. Stop living the way you've been living. And stop trying to go where, you, where you're trying to go. It's just you're going to get in, in, in your car and you're going to go nowhere. And God's trying to drive you somewhere. He's trying to get you and your family to a predetermined purpose. And he's trying to get you there. But in order for you to have some first, you're going to have to give God some first. And that's what the tithe is all about. And I'm not even talking about money. I'm going to show you here in this next verse. In Deuteronomy chapter 14. In order for you to have first. In order for God to do some first in you. You're going to have to give him some first. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse number 23. It says bring this tithe to eat before the Lord your God. At the place he shall choose. As his sanctuary. So he says, bring the tithe to eat before the Lord your God at the place he shall choose as his sanctuary. So there's a specific place that you're supposed to bring it. He says, this applies to your tithe of grain, to your new wine, to your olive oil, and the firstborn of your flocks and herds. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to us, but this is their, this is their income, right? They derive their income from crops and from herds. That's the way that there was no P and G. Right? There was no Conoco back then, right? Uh, this, he says, take for what you derive. But what I want you to see here is the purpose of tithing. And this is the Living Bible. I gave it to you in 
uh, in the your notes. Anyway, it says the per- in the Living Bible, it says the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first in your lives. I'm going to read it to you again. The purpose of tithing is for you to put God first in your lives. So I submit to you, a lot of times tithing is preached just as money. It's not a money issue, but it certainly includes that. But tithing is you learning how to put God first, not in your money. Here he says, in your what? In your life. Come on, there's a lot of people that tithe, but they don't put God first in their life. I mean, y'all know what I'm saying. It's just, it's just the facts, right? I mean, they just, I did that, right? If I was sending it home to my mother while I was out at the honky-tonk or whatever, God, I was not, I was tithing my income, but he, was, he did not have first place in my life. But what I want you to know is God wants to be first in your life. And the practical side of this is he wants to be the first in your day. So I gave you some blanks right there. He wants to be the first part of your day. I read Titus yesterday. How many of you have ever read Titus before? How many of you have read Titus before? Some of you are like, uh, is that a magazine? What is that? Is that? What, what is that? Field and stream? Something? Is that a game? No. Titus is a book in the Bible. It's a short book. It's three chapters. You can read it in six minutes. It's amazing. You can read a foundational, something we build our lives on. Six minutes I sat down and I read Titus. And I said, I'm going to read Titus every day for the next 21 days. For the next 21 days, I'm not going to go backwards. I'm going to go forwards. To the next 21 days, I commit to six minutes to read the book of Titus. I'm going to know Titus so well after the next 21 days. But wouldn't it be nice at the end of this year to at least be able to say that you know something so well out of the Bible? Instead of just ending up at the end of the year, really not knowing any more this year than you, you know more but, but you can't put your finger on it. So for the next 21 days, I invite you to join me. It'll take you six minutes. I would encourage you to take 10 minutes over the next 21 days. And take four minutes just to be thankful. There's a new book coming out. I can't wait to read it. It's about Titans. And I believe it's called like the, uh, the Habits of Titans. And one of them is Tony Robbins. Which you know, t- Tony Robbins, Banana Hands. Uh, uh, <laughs> Tony Robbins, he's a motivational speaker, but I like Tony. I've watched some of his stuff. And he talks about it, that he, gives the, he, he does nine minutes. He does three minutes every morning where he's thankful. He just sits quietly and he just thanks God for what he has for three minutes. And then he says, and then I take three minutes and he like dreams. And then he says, and then I give the, th- the last three minutes, he says, I just sit there and I breathe in God's presence. He's a billionaire probably pretty busy but he's pretty successful and he says hey, I've been doing this for 30 years nine minutes how many of y'all got nine minutes what does this look like practically it means you said man I get up at four o'clock we'll get up at 350 what's 10 minutes you're gonna be tired anyway brother I mean let's get real I mean I mean and I would actually get up at 345 you got five minutes to make you some coffee uh, <laughs> but in 10 minutes you could take four minutes and just be thankful. God, I'm thankful. Thankful for my wife, kids. Thank you for my future. Thank you for where you brought me. Thank you for my hands, my feet, my toes, my health, my lungs. Thank you that I don't have this going on in my body. Thank you. God, I'm thankful. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And then take six minutes and read the book of Titus over the next 21 days. 
That's what I'm going to do. I'm inviting you to join me in that. 21 days, the book of Titus. And that'll, that'll help take you further into this year instead of going back. What would, ha- what would it look like uh, uh, if, if you gave God the first of your week? If you tithed him your week. God doesn't just want the first of your day. He wants the first of your week. The, the, the Sabbath used to be on Saturday. How many of y'all know that? But the early church changed it to Sunday because Jesus was resurrected on a Sunday. And they said, we want to start our week with God rather than end our week with God. What would it look like if you came to church 52 weeks out of the year instead of when you wanted to? What would, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not trying to get you here to church. I'm trying to say that, that for you to have some first in your life, even if you've been a Christian your whole life, what would it look like for you to give 10 minutes to God this year and give Him every Sunday this year? Say, well, I can't. Every other Sunday, I'm offshore or whatever. Watch online. But I'm talking about a motive here to where you said, I will not be denied. This is the year of favor. This is the favor. This is a year where I make a a real turn, not a casual turn, a real change. 52 weeks out of the year. And obviously, our church, you know, it ain't long. We're not running long. And we try to make it pretty comfortable. And I'm awesome. throw that in there just because (laughs) turn it up (laughs) just kidding 52 weeks honor and then and then not just have the sabbath not just have the sunday but actually rest some take a nap do what the sabbath was designed for it was his day but it was also a day of rest i don't have a problem with this it's the only day out of the week that i take a nap but i do watch golf i do eat uh, high quality ice cream and I do take a nap that uh, it is it is my day and my children follow suit <laughs> and they wait and they like pick up my arm to make sure I'm asleep and then they take the remote and they watch what they want and I'm out but it's a Sabbath what would what would it look like what would it look like if you God gave God the first of your month this Thursday we have church everybody say I, I. will be at church on Thursday. Actually have a guest speaker coming this Thursday. There's certain people the Lord told me to have come and speak at the church this year. And have people in our congregation preach. You'll see some people in our congregation speak on some of these Thursdays. We have 11 more Thursdays this year. What would it look like if you said, that's the, that's the night where we come together. We worship. We have communion. We baptize people. And in this case, we'll have a guest minister come. And I've already told him because I heard, I've heard, I know him. So he's coming and talking. To, it's going to be good. It's going to be, it's going to be good. I can tell you, it's going to be, it'll be good. I guarantee you, you won't walk out of Thursday going, well, that sucked. <laughs> You're going to be like, I'm glad I came. It was worth my time. I'm glad, I'm glad I drove from wherever I drove from. It was worth my time. What would it look like if you went to all 11 of them? We're actually going to give you notebooks this year just for first Thursdays. You can get one Thursday night and it'll be a notebook for you to keep notes over those 11 Thursdays. What would it look like? And then what would it look like if you gave him your year? Also in your month, we have giant calendars. I have one in my office. I have an identical one at my home. I've already got calendars, certain conferences. They're doing an EXO conference over here at... Glad Tidings 
we were going to host it here, but I have a prior engagement. I can't do it here. I would encourage you to go to the marriage conference, like 20 bucks. I think you can go to Glad Tidings, hear Jimmy Evans teach on marriage. And then we're starting an indestructible marriage small group the week after that here at the church for eight weeks just to help your marriage. So there's things always going on where God's trying, what would it look like if you made it a priority to be in his presence, not just whenever, but to be there? What would, what would life look like? What would this year, I can tell you what it'll look like. It'll look like Isaiah 61. I read it this morning and he says, it'll be the year of the favor of the Lord. Oh, what a great sentence. The favor of the, the year of the, 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 the favor of the Lord or the Lord's favor. I don't know about you, but I need that. I'm desperate for it. I believe I have so much anticipation for this year, not just because of what God's going to do, but because of what I'm going to do. And whenever I do what I'm, what, what, if I put him first, if I tithe my day, my week, my month, my year, then I've positioned myself in a direction to where he says, I'll open heaven. He says, uh, it, it's what, what would it look like? And then the last is the first of your year, which is what our fasting has been all about. And today you get to eat. And uh, I, I so appreciate and uh, honor. And if you're, if you're new, you say, well, I didn't fast. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Blah, 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 blah. I want you to know, so what? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the time. This is, come on. This is a day of first where you can say, I maybe not did the last 21, but I can do this 21. I maybe, maybe I did eat cheeseburgers for the past 21 days, but I can read Titus for six minutes over the next 21 days. So what? Don't let the devil uh, come at you like that. No, you hit him in his teeth. You bust him right in the grill. Say, you, you, have, you have wakened a giant. And if you'll do that, I guarantee you with 100%. If it don't work, if you, if you give me, you give God a year and it don't work, I'll go find another church with you. We'll go find another church. We'll go find one that's preaching the truth. We'll go find one. But I guarantee you, it'll work. If you give him a tithe of everything, it'll be the best year you've ever had. <laughs> <laughs>